three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast, the week six preview, Walker. Can you believe it? I, I say this every time, but we are flying through this season. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy, man. Already halfway through the season. Is that does that make sense, right? Because yeah. yeah, 11 weeks. So man, it's it's gone crazy, man. I'm excited. And uh yeah, uh we're finally starting to some teams are getting into district play. We have a couple last game, non-district games going on this week, and uh yeah, should be a good one this week. We are on the cusp of some very exciting action. But before all of that, as always, I'm one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tollison, joining you from the heart of downtown Dallas, Texas. My fantastic co-host, Walker Lott, joins us from College Station, Texas, where I very frequently wish that I still was. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful town that I hold very dear to my heart. But Walker, as always, a fantastic week in private school football last week. First of all, how are you doing? Second of all, your thoughts on the, the action? Yeah, doing good, man. Uh, staying busy. School's keeping me busy. I'm guessing the same for you. And, uh, you know, it's just we're get, keep grinding, man. It's this doesn't stop and we don't want it to stop. It's so much fun doing this every week. So been good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's we're all getting busy. School's getting busy. Uh, football stuff is, is ramping up, but it's it's a fun time. It's good to be busy. It keeps us keeps us out of trouble and keeps us doing things that we really, really enjoy. But all that being said, yeah, it's uh, we, we are getting into some very, very interesting district action, and I'm excited to preview it all. But before that, we will go over the pick records. Walker, last week I, I said as we were filling out the pick sheet that this slate scared me tremendously because outside of the games that we did on the episode, and I even got a couple of those wrong, the ones I was picking on the sheet, I was like, I don't feel good about any of these. There's like two in here I think are guaranteed winners, and the rest are just toss-ups, which are is not normal for picking a private school slate. Usually about 70-75% of the card I feel good about, and the rest of it I'm like, but th this week was was tough. But all that being said, we weren't even like really close to 500, which is nice. Now, recapping some of these games, we got hammered pretty hard from individual teams, which I'll recap, but... Walker, last week you went 12 and 7. I went 13 and 6, which ties the overall record again at 70 and 25. So it's a razor thin margin. This might end up being the most tightly contested pick race that we've ever had. Um, I would have it no other way. What are your thoughts on the way things are shaking out? No, yeah, we're doing really good so far. This is probably our worst week uh, so far through six, and uh, not that bad. Could be definitely worse. And yeah, you know, you're one game up on me. I think um, looking at the list, let me pull it up right now. Uh, uh, yeah, so we both lost on TVS. We both lost on Grapevine Faith. Both lost on Legacy Prep. And we both lost on um, Monster Sacred Heart over Covenant. Both lost on Brazos Christian. And then my differences were Second Baptist. I chose Second Baptist in Oak Ridge, and you chose Northland. So those two losses got me a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, we're back in it, man. This is going to be a good one. I know. It's going to come down to the wire. Um, bef before the season ends, I will either, A, locate the pick trophy, which is becoming increasingly less likely as time goes on, or, B, order a new one that looks identical. So I might just tell you that I found the pick trophy when in reality I just ordered a new one. It, it'll make no difference. I might get one that's like eight feet tall, so it's just like Ooh. incredibly, incredibly um, just outrageous, which we'll see. We'll see if there's money in the budget for that. But, <laughs> you know, it's fun. Like, like, like I said, this isn't my the, the best week we've had, but any week where we're not too close to 500 um, isn't a disaster. And also, once we get into district, things get a lot easier to pick because, especially deeper, because you can see what teams have beaten who already. And the transitive property, which I so often say isn't applicable in football, um, comes into play a little bit more. But that being said, pick records are going to be interesting as the season moves on. It's just it's it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing we do. I I like being chirped uh, when we're wrong. It's it's fun, and very quickly we will get into a game where where we got chirped heavily. But before that, Walker, we are going to recap the scoreboard presented by TXPS Media with the same iteration that we did last week. One sentence per each game. 
will be will be interesting. So first of all, we're not going to recap five of the games on the left hand slot just simply because we will recap those more in depth. But starting with Argyle Liberty and Bishop Lynch, Liberty beats Lynch 56 to seven. The train keeps on rolling. Yeah, as expected. But uh, yeah, the battle of the undefeated this week. Oh, absolutely. Prestonwood beats San Antonio Cornerstone. Prestonwood getting back on track. Offense is showing what they were able to do beforehand. Comma, shout out to Caden Collins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Caden Collins. Cassidy beats St. Mark's in Cassidy. Uh, Texas still greater than sign Oklahoma, regardless of outcome. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, shout out to the OU commit for joining our uh, Twitter space on Friday. That's That was awesome. That was a fun time. St. Pius drums Bishop Dunn 36 to 14. My sentence is lineman and Bishop Dunn now. (laughs) Uh, Houston St. Pius, strong start to the season. There we go. Hyde Park drums uh, TMI 49 to 19. Where was this against Savio? (laughs) Uh, Hyde Park looking like a top team in Austin. There we go. Kincaid beats Second Baptist 21 to 7. Uh Coach Larned, your scoreboard. <laughs> Coach Larned, you're welcome. <laughs> there we go. St. John's beats Lutheran South 58 to 21. Uh offense could be the best in SBC 3A, 4A. Whew. Uh I, I'm still shocked by that sentence. Sorry, I, I don't know what to say to that. That's wild. But they, I mean, it could happen. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh huh. Um, shout out to St. John's man. Uh, looking very, very impressive. Grace Prep beat Cistercian twenty-one to nothing. Uh, thank you to Cole Burke. Fantastic coverage of this game that would not have happened otherwise. Uh, shout out to Caden Lehu. Should have been not as close though. Agreed. Uh, I, I will take a quick aside on that game. I Cole was testing us today and about the game. He was like, dude, Caden Leahy was a dog. And I was like, yeah, Caden Leahy was a monster. Every time I watch Grace Prep, it seems that Caden Leahy just goes crazy for them. But yeah. I do like to see that. Mm-hmm. ESD destroys Lake Country 56 to 10. Expected a little more fight from, I was going to say the Eagles, but they're both the Eagles. But you know what I mean? Why was this game even played? This is such a random matchup. It really is. This is a random one, but I dig it. I dig a random matchup. It's just such a random one. Absolutely. TCS Lubbock beats McKinney Christian 54 to 14. Um, What do I say here? As expected. Um, Yeah. Uh, TCS, you forget about it at times, but they're still as good as ever. There we go. Covenant Christian beats Munster Sacred Heart 38 to 7. Not expected, comma. Shout out Eno's little brother. <laughs> uh Vernon Wells is making this team head in the right direction. I'm excited to see the future. There we go. Pantigo Christian beats Coram Deo 30 to 7. Um, I will say the same thing as last week. Coram Deo burners, come and get me. <laughs> uh Pantigo Christian always has athletes excited to see what they do in district. Bay Area Christian beats Brazos Christian 21 to 12. Uh, Brazos, my pick record, it can take no more, please. <laughs> um, Changing of the guard at quarterback at Brazos is going to be interesting to see how it goes in the future. John Cooper beats Oak Ridge 43 to 23. Very happy to see John Cooper back into the win column. Yeah, uh, figured it would be closer, but John Cooper is coming into their own later in the season. There we go. Episcopal Bel Air beats Legacy Sports Sciences 56 to 7. I retract my statement. EHS has the best offense in SPC 4A. Agreed. Also, does the talent at Legacy, all these D1 offered players not play? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get all the offers, but and resulting in a loss like this. That is crazy. DC beats Nolan Catholic 59 to 21. Did we expect anything else? Uh, still rebuilding Nolan. It's going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that might be the best one so far. 
St. Thomas beats JP2 for, uh, 49 to 3. Uh, JP2 blow it up. St. Thomas gets a rest week before district. Good for them. <laughs> In the same boat, Regents beat San Antonio Christian 58 to nothing. Uh, please get Regents out of that district. Sorry, it's just it's wild <laughs> that that happens every year because it's not like Austin doesn't Regents doesn't get transfers. They're just that good. I Do you am, think that district's worse than District Two, and the and Division Two, Division yes. Two, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I'm I am blinded because as much as I just like spew like grace propaganda as much as I can, I am very cognizant to the fact that Division that District Two is awful. But I, I guess it's it's not awful, awful. You got Grace no, Faith yeah. and, and Dunn, but I don't know. Anyways, Dallas Covenant beats TCA Willow Park forty six to six. There's nothing I can extrapolate from this game. Shout out to Dallas Covenant. Yeah, shout out to Dallas Covenant. Willow Park. I remember the days that y'all were good with Ryan Hollingsworth. Go. Maybe he has a, a younger sibling in the pipeline somewhere, which like like LCCS and uh, and other schools that seems to be the savior. But <laughs> his, well, his younger brother played at LCCS, which is funny. Oh, oh, well, because because Ryan started at LCCS. Well, he started at SES. He moved over to LCCS, started quarterback for a couple of years, and then transferred to TCA Willow Park while his younger brother took over there. So that's a little, little family story. Anyways, fantastic. But yeah, that division, that district three, man, it, it's just it's it's bad, and I don't know why. But like, it also is in a weird location to where you know they have to get the Brownsvilles and all those like where you just don't know much about them, but they're the only one in their area in the small towns that they are. You know, it's only private schools, so they're a bigger classification. So that's why they're in that. It's just like, it's just like, it's crazy. It, it doesn't, yeah. I feel, I, it also doesn't prepare regions for playoffs as well because then they don't play the whole games most of the time. And you're, then you're like, okay, a team like St. Michael's that like two years ago looked really, really good or a year ago. And then they get smacked in district and you're like, okay, you're like, how am I? Like, it's just, it's just, it's rough out there for that district three. Yeah, and at least in I was gonna make um a comment out District Four, but at least in District Four, like Second Baptist and FBCA um usually have each other to kind of play off of yeah. the competition. And then you have the Woodlands Christian Academy, which usually is never like bad. So I don't know. It's it's interesting that I I don't know how the scoreboard ended up in a rabbit hole around what needs to be restructured in District Three, but I'm sure it'll naturally fix itself as as always seems to happen. But that being said, I, I really do like the one sentence segment. That is something that I, I've I've grown to enjoy. It's a fun yeah. time. It makes it's kind of a good uh, mental exercise. It makes you think on your feet. It makes us better analysts. I'd like to think. I agree. But pardon the interruption. It is eleven thirty p.m. and we just realized we forgot to introduce our minute with the interns. As you all know, we have some fantastic people helping us out with content this year, and we want to give them a chance to break down some games for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. In week five of Texas private school football, the Bay Area Broncos out of Taps Division Three matched up against the Brazos Christian Eagles out of Taps Division Four. The Eagles started freshman quarterback Cooper Murr, who threw for 240 yards and allowed Jackson Caffey to move to running back. The Broncos running back Scott Fairhine Jr. ran for an incredible 248 yards and three touchdowns. The two teams were locked in a defensive battle at halftime with it being only 8-6 favoring Bay Area, but in the end, Bay Area won 21-12 with a late interception sealing the deal for the Broncos with an impressive win. Hi everyone, I'm Brinley Dean and I go to Dallas Christian School and I'm also doing an internship with Texas Private School Media and I'm going to recap the Dallas Christian versus Fort Worth Nolan game. Dallas Christian just got a dominating win over Fort Worth Nolan. They won 59 to 21. And this was a very offensive game where the offensive dominated all throughout the game, including on the first drive of the game, Will Nettles got a touchdown. There are obviously three stars that shined on the Dallas Christian offense, starting off with Will Nettles, who had 106 receiving yards. Luke Carney threw for 271 yards and Jaden Davis rushed for 156 yards. But there was also a star that shined on defense. Nick Barr had 15 total tackles and two sacks, which is obviously amazing for a defensive game. The Dallas Christian Chargers play Fort Worth Christian this week, which is a rivalry that runs pretty deep with the Chargers. And I hope that they bring a lot of these things this week to pull off this win. I'm Brinley Dean, and I'm doing an internship with Texas Private School Media. That being said, we will now move into our recaps of the five games of last week, starting with, I hate to do it, Faith at Fort Worth Christian. 
Fort Worth Christian adamantly states that they were not aware of the supposed free fall as they best faith 55 to 52 in an absolute shootout. Luke Dodd puts on a masterclass here, throwing for 450 yard and six touchdowns without an interception, finding both Aiden Skiles and Grant Golly for two touchdowns each, as Skiles and sophomore Cade Crawfler equips the century mark receiving. Running back Landon Spencer also added a couple touchdowns on the ground. This was also a huge game defensively for Rex Reed, coming up with 15 total tackles for the Cardinals. And as for the Lions, Clayton Sapecki did Clayton Sapecki things with 240 passing yards, 240 rushing yards, and seven, I'll say it again, seven total touchdowns. Senior Ben Wagoner had a massive day at the office also with 181 receiving yards on 11 grabs. So, Walker, a game that I, I don't know. I expected Faith to win. Um, yeah. I expected them to win by a couple touchdowns, honestly, given Fort Worth Christian's loss to Lake Country Christian. But that was not the case, and I got shelled on social media for it. Your thoughts on Luke Dodd just absolutely going nuts. Yes, it was a very, very good game. I think this shows that Lake Country Christian uh, is better than we expected them to be. And um, so that may, should make it interesting Division Three. But um, Fort Worth Christian still has talent, and they showed it this game. Uh, that 24 class looks pretty, pretty impressive with, you know, also uh, Tucker Ashford there over there at the 26th. Um, Grapevine Faith is always a good squad, and Clayton Sebecki did his thing. Like we asked, you know, we figured he would. And I was, and when I was in a rain delay, so I was watching the game a little bit on my phone. And it, yeah, it was just like it was just back and forth, a lot of points. And I think Faith scored with like a minute left in the game or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that's too much time to get Fort Worth Christian. And of course, they went down and scored, and that was ball game. And so. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was the matter of like, all right, who just, you know, who had the ball last and that's what happened this game. And I think both squads are, you know, decent, but I guess like you always do with Tyler Grace, Tyler Grace community, um, Grace, Grace community. Uh, I think it, it helps me build confidence in my Eagles being able to compete with Fort Worth Christian this week, um, this year. So I'm happy about that, but. Uh, Gravon Faith, I think, I think both of them can take away from this, that they're good, good teams and they're going to fight hard and, uh, they have a chance. Well, I think Gravon Faith has a chance for hit their district for with Christian. I don't know yet, but good win. Always a great rivalry. They hate each other. And this is a good one. Barn burner for the ages. They'll remember for a while. Absolutely. We, uh, Fort Worth Christian hates more than one team, which we may get into detailing later this episode. Stick around for that, but We will now move on into the second game from last week, Central Texas Christian at Magnolia Legacy, another game I got very wrong. Um, Walker Lott, go ahead and detail this game that you were on site to cover. Yeah, uh, it was a great day down in Magnolia. Uh, we got through like two quarters at, right before the second the halftime uh, rain delay hit. And uh, yeah, uh, we were in rain delay for like an hour, came out of it, and it was the one of the grossest environments I've ever been a part of where the humidity was insane with a little bit of just overcast. It was it was it was it was gross. But the the on the field was not gross and it was a good game. Uh close game in the first half and then the offenses just kind of uh started rolling for uh for Central Texas. Legacy prep uh they looked apart. The uh White Francis looked very very impressive. Rashal uh, Sanders, uh, Jeb Sanders, and both Prezaks, the older one and the younger 26 receiver, had scored twice. Um, they, I think they have a lot of talent, and I think they have um, – they looked really good. And I really like Francis and Rashal. I think they're going to be a very good combination duo uh, for the future, and I think they're going to keep them within games uh, in district because they have like Bay Area, Brentwood, and Cypress. And I think they'll stay in games. Uh, they just have to get their passing attack going for sure. For Central Texas, uh, they play a disciplined defense against a team that can throw the ball really well uh, and, you know, let that legacy offense not truly be itself. Uh, Tyson Tabor Tyson, the 24 running back, is the real deal. 300 rushing yards and five touchdowns, and most of it came in the second half. And what makes him better than most is, um, you know, he just takes the hit. He runs physical. And when you're in the third or fourth quarters and maybe people kind of slow down and, you know, get, they get tired. He's still a hundred percent energy and he just runs strong. He runs fast. 
And he just does not stop. He doesn't have that. He has that mentality of just, he just goes hundred percent till the very end. And uh, that's what separates him from the rest. And that's why he's the real deal this year. Um, and that was kind of the key of the game where anytime uh, legacy had a chance, they made a stop to poor Tice or, or they got a stop and they just need You know, they need to stop their uh, offense for central Texas to poor Tyson would get a handoff to the left and run it 70 yards at the sideline. And uh, he, they, he kind of shot them. Uh, any of their chances shot them down completely multiple times. Uh, Tristan Eanes was impressive with multiple sacks. 26 Cooper Smith was one to watch uh, as a quarterback, 6-2 gunslinger, and I'm excited to see how he progresses. And 25 Gabriel Logsdon was another one that stood out to me as well. So they have a couple guys. I'm excited for the Central Texas team. They'll be one of the best teams in Division Four out of the South. It's going to be interesting with like the Hallettsville Sacred Hearts of the world to see how they do, but uh, they're going to be good. I'm excited to see how they do, but, uh, yeah, good. It was a good one down in Magnolia. Thank you to both head coaches for, uh, for meeting me. It was awesome to finally meet both those squads. We haven't been down there ever for the private school podcast. So I was excited, uh, to be down there for a game and see both schools, meet both coaches. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I I'm rooting for central Texas. As we mentioned, uh, as I mentioned on the space this Friday, they were a team that started off really hot last year and like came on a radar and then they fell off towards the end of the year. So I'm really hoping, and I think with guys like Tabor Tyson and everyone else you mentioned, I think they're really poised in uh, a D4 South that's weaker than anticipated with Brazos Christian falling off a little bit. I think they've got a, they've got a really good chance to go deep and I'm very excited to see how they progress through the season. But yeah, shout out to Central Texas Christian. I'm very excited to see them progress. Moving on to Mercy Culture Prep at Dallas First Baptist. And Dallas First Baptist just absolutely takes Mercy Culture Prep behind the woodshed here with a 68-26 to victory, improving to 5-0 on the year. Just as a caveat, uh, star running back John Raybuck was out for Mercy Culture Prep. Would that have, would that have accounted for 42 points? I, I say probably not, but... But Ray Buck has put up that many points by himself in a game, so you never know. But I, I'd say that, that First Baptist probably wins this game regardless but the stars as usual uh, perform for first baptist elijah case and at 100 yards receiving and four touchdowns just insane stat if I, I i need to get him on my fantasy team my receivers are just <laughs> trash right now so if i can somehow get elijah case and plugged into my my slot and get uh get pacheco for the chiefs out of there i'll be i'll be golden i i remember i was when i was uh, sidebar I was at the St. John's game a couple weeks ago and they were telling me that if Cole Allen did fantasy was a fantasy football player last year he would have averaged like 40 a game <laughs> for last year in high school football so uh that just another funny thing anyways continue I, I, I don't doubt that at all that kid's a monster yeah. and then also Caleb Mitchell at 124 yards and a touchdown I don't see how you guard Caleb Mitchell um in d4 he's like all of like six five just long lanky pogo stick of a human and all Hunter has to do is just kind of like throw the ball like that and, and Caleb yeah. just goes up and grabs it I was watching their tape against Mercy Culture Prep and just anytime they get within like 10 yards of the end zone it's just fade route to the to the pylon but i mean he's an absolute freak speaking of hunter hunter also had between the at least five passing touchdowns also a long rushing touchdown a couple long fantastic runs with his legs he's just such a dual threat athlete and i don't know how you contain him in d4 either as for mercy culture prep wide receiver josh marshall was also a star even in the loss posting 193 yards and three touchdowns for the royals just shout wow. out to him fantastic stat line but Walker Lot, First Baptist doing First Baptist things. Um, do you see anyone stopping them in Division Four, uh, except for Lubbock Christian, maybe? Uh, no. Besides Lubbock, no. Uh, I, I that semifinal matchup in a couple weeks down in November, where it's going to be Lubbock Christian uh, against First Baptist, will be one for the ages, and I'm very excited to watch it. But uh, yeah, I don't think anyone comes close. I will say, I, I would love to see where the points that 26 points come into play. Uh, for Mercy Culture, if it was over time, that could be interesting. Like you said, if Raybuck played, is it a different ball game? But if it's like a thing where it's like fifty, if there was fifty to nothing, and then they put in the JV guys type of thing, it's a little different ball, different, you know, reason for the score. But twenty six points, uh, kind of scares me. If if it is that first point where it was over the game, where does First Baptist maybe have issues? or with like a Lubbock Christian scoring on them. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's just going to be interesting to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, First Baptist has given up points this season. I don't have exact figures in front of me. I couldn't right. get to them, but they, they're not like teams like 78 to nothing. It's a lot of like 60 to like 46 type games. Maybe not that tight of a margin, but I mean, they're they're just a flat out air raid. We're going to score and score and score and you score more than us and you win. And no one's no one's been able to do that just yet. So the yeah. game plan is working. Uh, probably the most electric team um, in the state, really, for on a pound for pound basis. Shout out to First Baptist. They should have some incredibly fun matchups in the future. Next matchup is Northland Christian at Hallsville Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart blanks Northland Christian 23 to nothing to improve to 5 and 0 and subsequently tank my pick record as quite a few teams did this past week. Northland actually outgained Sacred Heart from scrimmage in this one, but the Indian defense comes up big, forcing four fumbles in this one, keeping Northland Christian off the scoreboard. In terms of offense, Andrew Stefek tossed two touchdowns to Nick Angerstein and Clayton Haas, and Angerstein booted a 47-yard field goal. Uh, Walker, I remember we were previewing this game, and for some reason, Angerstein is such a good kicker that it never even occurs to me that he plays anything except for kicker. I forget he's like a very good wide receiver for them as well which you know yeah. if i would have i'm not saying that that's the reason i didn't pick them because i should have known that but i if i would have realized again that nick angerstein is such a good uh athlete and receiver as well that might have influenced my decision yeah uh, nick angerstein is a, is a great athlete i know he plays basketball as well i'm guessing he does track and all that for you know especially at that level you probably do everything and so uh, he's just an athlete and he also has a, you know, can kick a 47 yard, yard field goal with ease. That's just the type of player he is. So, uh, with him and everyone else we've already mentioned, uh, Hallisville Sacred Heart probably looks like the best team out of the South right now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, as teams go and, uh, a good one this week, I believe is that we weren't, we aren't going to talk about, but it is going to be a good matchup is Hallettsville Sacred Heart versus Bay Area. Uh, how are they going to do against a Division three team that has looked pretty good so far? It looks solid. So it's going to be interesting in that one. But uh, yeah, a uh, good win for them. Good win for Sacred Heart. Northland, you know, they still have to go into district and they have to play the teams like Brazos and others. So it's not over. But uh, Northland, uh, they have weapons. They have a couple guys. It's going to be interesting how they, see they, how they do in district. So... Yeah, it definitely will. Two teams still have a lot of potential going forward. Will be exciting to follow them. Moving on into the final game to recap, and a game that I was on site at Houston Christian at Trinity Valley. I just want to give a big shout out to Trinity Valley. Everyone that I um, encountered there was super nice. As we say about pretty much every school we go to, it's just it's always really cool to see the reception, the love from everyone. Uh, at one point, I told you I was in the group message. At one point, I was on the sideline. It's like in the middle of the second quarter, and I'm just you know standing there with my phone like this, which is how you're going to see me at pretty much any game. Also, feel free to come up and talk to me if you want. I'm, I'm a pretty friendly guy. I enjoy engaging with with everyone at these games. But yeah, I was standing uh, on the sidelines, and I just hear over the PA system. We'd like to give a special welcome to West Hollison from TXPS Media for coming and covering the game tonight. And it might have been a little extra, but I just kind of looked at the crowd and I gave the Derek Jeter, you know, hat <laughs> tip. And I, I texted the group message. That might be the most baller thing I've ever done. It was fun, dude. Like people tell us all the time that like we we make um we make it's special for the kids in private school. Y'all make it special for us. We feel yeah. like we feel like celebrities doing this, dude. It's a mutual relationship. But shout out to shout out to Trinity Valley and also shout out to Houston Christian. I got to talk to Coach Terry Pertle, which anyone that has listened to this podcast for long enough knows I am a very, very I'm very fond of great guy, but shout out to everyone on both sides. That, that being said, Houston Christian establishes their place at the top of 3A as they knock off the Trojans at their house 34 to 32. And listen, senior quarterback Brett Kilchrist is a star, and he proved it on Friday behind 285 yards and four touchdowns. Luke Pigeon, Anderson Jones, and Bennett Malroy all caught touchdowns in this one, and they were standouts. Jordan Ellie Stewart was incredibly impressive from his corner spot, locking down an entire side of the field. And that dude's a legit prospect. He's long, he's lanky, he's everything you want in a DB. Him and also Miri Barnes um, were fantastic. I, I told Amiri that... um. After the game, Amiri came up to me and he was like, he was like, um, he's like, my name is Amiri Barnes. I was like, yeah, I know your name. He's like, no, you've been calling me Amari Baines uh, on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I was like, you know, man, I've 
made a habit of mispronouncing names over the past couple of weeks, and I promise I will get it done. And, you know, right now in this moment, I am really scared that I'm mispronouncing Amiri and he's going to message me again and say this is wrong. But it says A-M-I-R-I. I'm pretty sure it's Amiri. Anyways, I only say that because he's a heck of a player. He's only a sophomore. He was out at the camp, uh, Walker, yeah. and he, he looked good as well. He's going to be a great prospect for Houston Christian moving forward. Um, also, in terms of Trinity Valley, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, junior quarterback Gavin Parkhurst, who every time that I see him looks more and more like a D1 prospect. His size is very impressive. He throws the ball well, obviously, as everyone knows, but also his ability to put his head down and run uh, selflessly because usually a guy like that at his size doesn't look he doesn't look like he's right. super mobile and you you think he kind of wants to protect himself he doesn't he wants to get out and get yards and points for his team in whatever way he can and he does a fantastic job of it and also their running back uh trinity valley's running back ben nagishu uh looks fantastic he, he's a absolute bowling ball i heard from some guys in the concession line um that he's just been a weight room warrior all off season and he looks like it the dude's really good all that being said, Walker, I think this is a preview of the SPC 3A championship game. Is there any reason to think otherwise? No, no, absolutely not. And um, uh, I, I, I won't mention names, but we had a DM afterwards from, you know, we get DMs every Friday night. And one of them was, we'll see them in November again. And uh, that is exactly what I think about it is that matchup is going to be awesome. And, you know, the saying goes, uh, you can't beat a team twice is, um, is, is a lot in football. And uh, in this might be another case where, you know, if Houston Christian has to go up to DFW and beat them again. Um, and so that's going to be hard to do, but um, if any team could do it, it's going to be Brett Kilkerson and the Stangs, and I'm, I'm excited to watch that matchup. And you'll definitely be there, and hopefully I can make it up there for that one. But, um, yeah, TVS will be there, and this will now just make him a little bit more angry for the rest of the season. So I I apologize to every other SBC 3A team that they're going to have to face. Yeah, I might pencil that in as potentially one of the best games of the entire year because as competitive as it was um, on Friday, uh, I can't imagine what that's going to look like with a title on the line. It's going to be fantastic. Between two teams that aren't perennial powers, because John Cooper's won the last two, so both of these teams are really hungry to get their name etched into that trophy. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun time. But all of that being said, that actually concludes our five games that we recapped from last week. And now we will move into our other news segment briefly before we preview five games for this week. Starting with, do they cover? So. Parrish is actually off this week, so we're going to have to we're going to have to leave them off. That being said, um. I don't think I've even floated hey, this to you. Do we, oh, sorry. You you were about to say something? I had a segment in mind, a team in mind to flip them with. I, I think that we're thinking of the same thing. And I was going to say, I was going to say that we we do this next week. Um I it's liberty, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I had one of uh, I had a liberty, I had a liberty um parent like text me. He's like, hey, we need to be on the do they cover <laughs> segment. And I got to thinking about it and I was like, yeah, they really do this season. It might be it, they are at least on the same level of parish in DC. That'd be cool. We got a D1, a D2, and a D3 do they cover yeah. segment. We, we might we might add first Baptist to that and do all four divisions of taps. No, 100 percent I kind of like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. But so for this week, we have one uh, cover question. Last week, DC covered the spread against Nolan Catholic. This week, they are a 29 and a half point favorite against Fort Worth Christian. Um, uh, I'm only going to say mine because it doesn't give away my pick. Um, I'm going to say they don't cover that spread. Um, and that's, of course, just going to light a fire under Dallas Christian and give them bulletin board material. They're going to go out. And if they cover, I'll never hear the end of it. Um, it's not the first time that I've been yelled at by DC fans and players. I, I'm I'm used to it at this point, but I'm going to say 30 points is ridiculous, especially in a rivalry this heated. Uh, they don't cover. Woo. Um, I'm going to say they do. I'll flip it on you. Um, I I think they do, and. Uh, for the people who are watching the segment in a couple of minutes to pick the games, you didn't see this. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so many points. And again, full disclosure, and I will say this for probably every game that we preview this week for guys that skip around and watch the games. 
we don't make the spreads. People yeah. have gotten that confused. We don't make the spreads. They're computer generated this early in the year until there are a lot of common opponents. They're really wonky. Um, that being said, I say that DC doesn't cover. Walker says they do. We will move on into our next segment and see how that stands. Next segment being our Texas private school media rankings for week six. Um, here they are. Walker, I- I'm not even going to go through and say all of them. They're the exact same as last week. All yep. the teams performed as they should have. Everyone actually on this list won, and all Saints lost to a big public school. At the end of the day, I can't fault them for that. We decided not to drop them. We're going to wait. No, we're not going to wait. These are the rankings, but we're going to wait and see. It basically, inter- interdivision um, uh, losses are going to hold a lot more weight than losing to an established public school. But yeah. A lot of the same. Any comments, questions, concerns regarding the rankings as they stand? Uh, no, not really. I will say this, and I'll I'll just say this because it's it's pretty cool, and because also this is the one team in the loss. I'll say it. Uh, did you uh the Anna Quarterback Club? I guess like their Facebook or whatever for Anna High School. Uh, said that this was their first time playing at a private school and the venue was small, but very nice. Had a small college game day field, especially with the tailgate live music, most friendliest and most hospitable people before and after the game. Uh, they said they were very, they were first class for class act, all the thing, first rate class act type of thing, uh, for all saints. Just shout out to them, man. That's what we want. Uh, you know, that's what the reputation we want to uphold. And I just wanted to shout out them in the segment, but, uh, to actually talking football, I think it makes sense. Uh, like we always say, EHS Liberty is kind of 1A, 1B. I would love to, for them to each play each other. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's a pretty good list. I think so as well. Yeah, a shout out to All Saints. Um, like I said, I said something similar on the space, but as much as I like um, really good football, and trust me, I like it a lot, uh, there's nothing I like more than seeing stuff like that. At the end of the day, um, you might not realize it while you're playing. It's bigger than football. Being a good person, a person of quality and character, and especially you know what a lot of these schools will teach you to do, it, it's much more important. And seeing that displayed through all of All Saints' community, it makes me happy. I mean, it speaks to speaks to the character of that school, and it's 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 really good to see. So, shout out to Fort Worth All Saints. And following that, we will get into our five games of the week, but not before we hear a word from High Point Signs and Apparel. Listen, Walker, we are broken records. High Point Science and Apparel has been fantastic to us. Our merch line, which just closed a couple weeks ago, we did the entire thing through them. You're wearing the hat. You will always see us in the hats and the hoodies and the shirts. Um, you look down on a project of that significance, and it, it's a big one, creating, designing, and executing your own clothing brand. Um, and you're like, this is going to be the hardest thing of all time. And once we got hooked up with High Point, we realized these guys make it easy. I mean, it's such a simple process. Everyone there is incredibly professional. The Everything goes incredibly smoothly. They don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. They will meet or beat any price you bring to them. And they create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. That's exactly what we did. And trust me, it's, it's a testament. It works and it works well. Walker Lot, High Point Signs and Apparel has been incredibly good to us and incredibly easy to work with. I mean, what are your thoughts on what the guys do? No, it's been phenomenal for the, to work with them, and it's been such an exceptional time uh, trying to collaborate and figure out what we want to do. And with the with the apparel drop and everything with the store, uh, it was nothing but the best. And that's you know, it's what we want, and it's what they give us. And it, it's not just us; it's everyone else that they would work with. Is what they do is they give their absolute best, and that's what we love. Um, and yeah. Definitely, like I always say, if you have playoff shirts coming up or signs for your school or for game days or anything like that, y'all need go reach out to High Point Signs of the Peril. They can definitely help you out with any of your game day needs, playoff time, regular season, anything. They're awesome to work with. They're easy to work with. So definitely go check them out. Absolutely. The links to High Point's website will be in the show notes. Please click that. Get signed up with them. They are fantastic. It is it is this most seamless signs or apparel company you will work with. I guarantee it. So shout out to High Point Signs and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. Now, Walker, we move into the meat and the potatoes my favorite part of every episode, even though it leads to me getting chirped on Twitter by various schools, are five games of the week, starting with Concordia Lutheran at the Woodlands Christian Academy. TWCA is a six and a half point favorite at home. 
Two squads trending in different directions will face off this coming Friday. TWCA started the season with a bang, but injuries to Kai, Parker, and others have made for some tough sledding as they have dropped their last three games. Mm. The Warriors' defense has been suspect. Um, I think the combination of Tanner Huckfelt and Lou Lamar have a great opportunity to exploit that. Give me the Crusaders in this one. I know that we traditionally pick Concordia Lutheran very low in that district, um, however, I think this matchup gives them a lot of good opportunities. I think I really like Tanner Huckfelt after watching him at the quarterback competition. Lou Lamar is just if there's if there's somebody that's a dog, it's Lou Lamar. Mm-hmm. I think both of those guys can, can get loose. I think we're gonna see a lot of points in this game, but I think Concordia scores more. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Concordia, man. Concordia's had a good start to the season. Uh, 3-1 record, and Tanner Helkfeld is balling so far, man. Uh, 67% completion, 746 rush uh, passing yards, uh, 10 total touchdowns. I mean, he looks really, really good down there in Concordia, and with, added with the Dartmouth commit, Lou Lamar. Um, they look good, man, and I'm excited to see how they do uh, going into district, and they could they could surprise some people, man. And um, I think we got we got we got added by one of their fan pages a while back do you remember that where i don't uh, uh basically uh they message us saying like you got to give us recognition and one of us opened the tweet and or uh, opened the dm but didn't re- respond back and they they saw it said scene and tweeted us and said like that's how it is all right and so <laughs> um so they they have some animosity towards us, which I guess I understand. But uh, we're gonna pick you this time, so we believe in you, and we we have been believing in you, uh, especially how the season started and uh, with how y'all's players are playing really well. So you know we believe in you. Uh, put on a show for us on Friday night, so I'm excited for that. Or maybe we're just putting the TXPS Media um, curse pick on them, <laughs> which always seems whenever everyone picks one team, they lose. Just kidding. We we love Concordia Lutheran um shout out shout out to whatever fan page i uh, said that's how it is if i would have known that i might have played into the heel a little bit more and taken twca because that's always how that seems to go but yeah i'm going to take Concordia lutheran in this one i think they have a great opportunity coming up here and i hope to see them exploit that moving on into the next game the battle of the episcopal schools episcopal school of dallas versus episcopal bel air ehs is a 15 and a half point favorite at home Man, oh man, the talent will be on full display this week as the Eagles travel to Houston to challenge the Kings of Private School Bel Air Episcopal. EHS is a perfect 5-0 on the season, and an offense consisting of UNLV commit Carson Gordon, BJ Thompson, Logan Barty, Garen Sampson, there are too many dadgum weapons to account for on Episcopal. The defense is just as juiced behind Yale commit Braylon Thomas and Power 5 target Madden Morgan. And EHS can line up just across from anyone in the state and compete. And I mean that when I say it. However, ESD is coming off wins of 37 and 46 points respectively and will undoubtedly show up big in a big way on Friday. Quarterback Jake Jerky has bounced back in a big way. And with Hutch Chipman to throw to, the Knights secondary, I think, will be tested in a way they might not have been outside of Hutch Crow this year. This ESD defense is stout, though, allowing 12 points on the year and pitching two shutouts already. Led by Colin Nicholson, it is very most likely the best defense that EHS has seen up to this point. However, I think this is the best offense, excluding Liberty, that Episcopal School of Dallas has seen. And for that reason, I'll ride with the Knights. Um, What's the spread? 15 and a half. I think that's reasonable. Um which is kind of crazy that I'm saying it's a super close game, but 15 points with EHS this year is a very close game. It's going to be a lot closer of a margin than they'll see against most teams, but there's just too much talent. I can't take EHS. I can't not pick EHS until they lose. Got to take Episcopal here. Wow. Um, I'm going to be a little bold, and I'm going to say that spread is very, very small. I think it should be much more. I'm going to say EHS, EHS here rolls, and I think they – have a message to the rest of you know SPC that they are here and we are clicking and we're going to roll. And uh, I, I'm going to say that spread of 15 and a half is too small. And I think it's going to be much more. And I think Episcopal gets the job done here and sends a message to the rest of SPC. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like 
that's going to be interesting. I think the spread is somewhat accurate, but I can see I can see very easily them well exceeding. No, it's going the, to be interesting. The spread is good. I'm just saying in my mind and how their mindset's going to be, I think it's going to be a little too more. Like like I always say, how they lost last year is one of the worst ways to lose a football game. And if they don't have it on their minds going into SPC play where they don't want to put anything to chance, this is how you do it. And you set the tone off right with a big one over ESD. So I'm going to say all the talent comes to play. They play well. A large school player of the year candidate, Carson Gordon, comes to play this game. And uh, I think he does really, really well this game. That's a great point. Yeah, I think you could definitely see that. And that's going to factor into us both picking Episcopal out of Bel Air to win this game. Speaking of teams that beat um, EHS, Kincaid will face St. Thomas at home this Friday. Kincaid is a it's an 18 and a half point favorite in this game. We, we mentioned the spreads were a little wonky this early in the season. Oh, yet again, I, I haven't mentioned it yet. We don't make the spreads. Okay. We, we do not. We, we do not make the spreads. They're computer generated. Um, this is yeah, for fun. <laughs> this is for fun. This is not financial advice. All the disclaimers we can possibly put. Just not. Not. We don't make the spreads. Anyways, two of the best teams in the greater Houston area will square off on Friday as SPC 4A Kincaid will battle Taps Division One St. Thomas. The story of Kincaid's season so far has been their defense. With no Power 5-level player to lean on as in past years, the Falcons have bowed their necks and are allowing only 12 points per game this year. Mm. Athlete Miles Raider is a big piece of the stout defense and also a very, very talented running back for the Falcons. And with David Bianco back playing quarterback for the Falcons, this team is proving they can compete for a spot in Dallas come November. On the other side of the coin, St. Thomas is St. Thomas. Having a quarterback like Dante Lewis should violate the precedents established at the Geneva Convention. <laughs> His ability to extend plays is one of the um, more spectacular things I've witnessed covering the sport. You can just go to his Twitter and probably make two little swipes and find a video of him getting pressured by a defensive end and just like Johnny Manziel spinning out of it. It's crazy. Or, it's or go to txpsmedia.com or go to t- uh, twitter.com slash txpsmedia and find it there. Like, subscribe. Uh, turn on your notifications continue just we have to do our, our shameless plugs throughout the episode we we need to grow that <laughs> being said you know yeah he's adding in vandy commit johan cardenas in the backfield and you have two absolute freaks you have to deal with that's also not accounting for luke edgecomb larry benton tyler day michael anthony okoro the list goes on and on and on to quote oliver tree this game will be closer than people think I expect a similar strategy from Kincaid as the one employed against EHS last year, which won them a title. I think there's going to be a lot of ball control, a lot of very, very intricate wrinkles employed by Larned in that squad. I think I think you're going to see a lot of chess moves between Larned and McGuire, and it's going to come down to that, I think, to who wins this game. But will it work without a Bell brother? I'm not sure. Mm. And I'm a risk-adverse person. So my smooth brain is saying, play it safe with St. Thomas. Um, listen, I, I hate this pick. I hate this pick. I hate this pick. Every time that, that Kincaid plays a team that supposedly has much more talent, et cetera, yada, 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 I pick against them and they win. And I've got to deal with Coach Larned, um, editing us on Twitter, all of that. I, I got to take St. Thomas. There's no rational way I can look at this matchup and not take St. Thomas. I think it is going to be much closer than people think. Also, throw that Kincaid 18 and a half point spread out, out the balcony. It's St. Thomas, from anyone that knows ball, is going to be heavily favored in this game. I don't think it's going to be as wide of a margin as people think. I think St. Thomas is great. That's not taking anything away from them. Kincaid will always play up to their competition and make this a game. I expect this to be low scoring, gritty, just a smash mouth affair. I just think St. Thomas is going to have a little too much in the end. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, this is going to be a great test for the defense, you know, uh, to see how they do against teams like Bel Air and ESD coming into the district time for uh, Kincaid. Uh, but it's Uno, man. It's Mr. Uno. And you know who he has number 23 next to him? Vandy. Next to him, the one, two, three. Look at that. One, two, three. It flows like that, like just like their backfield flows to being the best, one of the best in the state. Um, 
as long as they have Uno, I can't go against them, man. So give me, give me Dante Lewis, give me Johan Cardenas, give me St. Thomas. Um, I, you know, they beat them last year with uh, Michael Bell at the helm and a pretty good game for the first, you know, couple quarters. Um, I just think that probably that Kincaid team might have been better last year with Michael Bell on the helm. Uh, and I think the St. Thomas team is even better this year. Um, so I think that's kind of my rationale behind it. I think it's a good test for Kincaid to see how their defense can stack up. But yeah, give me St. Thomas here. St. Thomas is looking like uh, with Bel Air, probably the two best teams in the state. And Houston might run uh, private school this year. It's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, it certainly will. It will be, I think, a fantastic game tomorrow evening. That being said, we were moving on into a game that I know you're very <laughs> excited for Trinity Christian Addison at Southwest Christian on SCS's homecoming, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, homecoming was last week. This is ah. uh, this is uh, just a regular good old game. Okay, good. And I've got a couple minds I have to maneuver around in the script, so I'll try not to. I'll try not to read it verbatim because I've got the word homecoming in there a couple times. Anyway, TCA is a two and a half point favorite on the road this one, and a four and one team will meet a one and four team this Friday when Trinity Christian travels west to play Southwest Christian. SES has reverted to old ways, and that means pounding the rock. Sophomore Bork Toller has been outstanding in that field with almost 200 yards against John Paul II and four touchdowns against Dashy. I, I it's inexcusable, but I still am not completely sure what what Dashy is. <laughs> I just know every team in private school they play, they get beat by 50. So I think that's all I really need to know. The flip side is SCS can't really pass the ball. Junior White Averhoff has taken the reins from Maddox McCarroll, and the Eagles have not passed for more than 130 yards in a game yet, and they're averaging much less than that, probably under 100 yards. However, it's hard to argue with 4-1, and one, so something's going right down in Southwest Christian. As for Trinity Christian Addison, senior Aiden Mills has retaken the reins at quarterback following the Hunter Flat experiment for the first few weeks of the season. Mm. TCA didn't get boat raced by all Saints, but it wasn't particularly close either. Their one win is against Fort Bend Christian, who is on the struggle bus so far this season. I think it comes down to this. Southwest Christian has the better offense, while I think TCA has a better defense. And I'm going to get called a moron by everyone, including Walker Lott for this. But <laughs> I'm going to go with my gut and take TCA here. I'm looking at SCS's schedule. None of these wins are impressive at all to me. Um, and I'm not trying to dog them. Wow. I just think I think TCA has has played marginally better teams. I don't know. A, a lot of this is there was a fair amount of analysis on my part and a lot of it's gut. I just think TCA comes out and, and gets the win here. I think they can I think SCS's offense by design is very one dimensional. Um okay, bye Walker. This is now a solo podcast. I will continue on for for the rest of the time by myself. I don't think Walker can hear me. Um no, I won't say that. Anyways, uh, TCA is going to win here. I think they're going to beat SCS. I was going to say on their homecoming, but apparently it's not their homecoming. I don't know how much longer I can keep stalling while Walker is looking for a hat or a visor. I'm not even going to spoil what the surprise is going to be. You can probably guess watching at home. Um, yeah, Walker, I've run out of words to stall. Um, I'm taking TCA in this matchup. Let's let's hear let's hear what you got. All right. Um. This is a good one. This is a good one for it's a good test for both teams because uh, TCA won't probably t play a team like SES with offensively where they're going to pound the rock, do a lot of things that you don't see often in high school football anymore. On the other side, SES is going to play a team that's going to be you know a bigger school and all that. They've played them before and they have a couple guys that are really good players, so it's going to be a good test for both squads. However, um. It's hard to not go. Uh, it's hard to go against my guys because that's exactly why I won't go against them. Look at this. You see the visor. I'm rocking the visor game today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is I'm um, my like whatever Lane Kiffin era. Is that a good one? Yeah, um, thank you. This is like you know five years old, but um, yeah, I have to ride with my guys. Uh, I really I think this SES team, you know. It's it's such an interesting squad because they have the talent. They have a couple guys. I love Bryce Anderson. I think he's a really, really good player, and I'm excited to see him. I think Maddox McCarroll is one of the most underrated dudes in the state. His athleticism and his burst, his quickness is so, so special. And defensively, 
I mean, J.R. Stegall and DJ Beasley on the defensive line, what more do you want in, in, in Division Two, man? Those guys are dogs. And, you know, DJ Beasley is kind of playing a little bit of offense, too, as like a tight end role. I mean, they're a good squad, man. I'm going to roll with my guys no matter what. Eagle pride forever. You know, I'll rep it to, since the beginning. I'll rep it to the end. And uh, I think they're a good squad. I think this is a great test. Yeah, I think Jalen Beckley is going to have a great test with DJ Beasley. I think, DJ, hey, DJ, I need something from you today. I need it. I need a couple sacks on this game, man. I think you're about to ball out. I think, you know, JR is going to ball out. These are my guys, man. Shout out TXPS intern Caleb Corm on the offensive line. I'm going to get to see him. Um, I haven't been back to a game at SES in two years, and I'm excited to finally be back. And, uh, yeah, I am very, very excited for this one. This is going to be a good one. Um, I, you know, I just, I just, I, I love this team and I'm excited to see a couple guys rock and do really well. And yeah, I'm, I'm just intrigued, man. I'm very, very intrigued. Also a couple other guys, I think Wilson Jones, Holden Shellhorse, guys like that are going to be very, very good athletes. And I'm excited to finally see Wyatt Aberhoff. You know, they don't pass a lot in that offense, but I think he's a good, you know, baseball background. I think he's going to be a good, good quarterback for them. And yeah, man, I'm really excited for these guys. I'm fi- I'm excited to be back home, and it should be a good environment. Uh, always a good time back home in Eagle Field. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but I really do think I think TCA is a good squad, and I think they're going to do really well this game. I- I'm excited to see Aiden Mills and other guys. You know, Luke Dore, etc. They're gonna they have a good squad, and they're going to show it today. And it's also going to be interesting to see without them without, you know, a guy like Takashi Shaw and seeing them live without a guy like that where he was a big weapon for them last year and who kind of steps up for this offense this year. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I think it's going to be close, and I think I'm, I'm jealous that you get to go watch it. It's going to be a really fun one to analyze and cover. That being said, speaking of fun matchups to cover, a matchup that I will be live on scene at tomorrow at Wheeler Field, Fort Worth Christian at Dallas Christian. Dallas Christian is a 29 and a half point favorite. That's we don't make the spreads. I told you they're wonky. Um, I've already explained this. I've already explained the spread earlier. Um, here we go. A tale as old as time, nothing but unbridled hatred between these two old foes, and neither of them would have it any other way. Last year, Fort Worth Christian got sick of everyone talking about how great D.C. was and prevented an undefeated season by the Chargers behind a 239-yard masterpiece from Luke Anderson, carving up the Chargers front like at the backside of a ski slope. This year, the landscape looks a little different. The Chargers have already been handed their first loss of the season, but behind standouts Luke Carney at quarterback, Will Nettles at wide receiver and cornerback, and Porter Nix at defensive line, I don't think they're too eager to drop another game. I'm on the record somewhere as saying that D.C. has nothing to worry about the rest of the way after they cleared Bishop Lynch a couple of weeks ago. Following a Fort Worth Christian victory over Grapevine Faith, I formally retract that statement. In that matchup, transfer quarterback Luke Dodd threw for 447 yards and six touchdowns without a single interception. Receivers like Grant Gall, Aiden Skiles, and Cade Crawfler are going to prove a test for a D.C. team that has traditionally prided itself on a smothering defense. Mm. However, I think regardless of how many points Fort Worth Christian scores, Dallas Christian will score more. Um, Fort Worth Christian is allowing over 30 points per game, coming into a game against a team averaging 40 points. Look for a big game from Carney through the air and on the ground as Fort Worth Christian has struggled to stop the run. Um, I think, listen, I I think the game is going to be yet again closer than, than people who are kind of unfamiliar with the landscape think. However, it's it's the same concept with DC as it is with um as it was with EHS and all of them. They're I mean, I'm gonna pick them until they drop a game. Um now Wachita Christian is is another story. I, I don't count anything that happens outside of state lines as a football game. You can well, that's an exhibition for all I care. But I, I think I think DC gets the win here. Um point blank period. Walk a lot, your thoughts. Yeah, do you want to hear some stats about the old, one of the oldest rivalries in private school? We did this I last year. To. But you know, ahead. 
go check it out last year. I need to, I need to update and post it for this year. But uh, Dallas Christian leads the rivalry, rivalry, forty-one to twenty-one, uh, nineteen and five since two thousand and two. Uh, their first game uh, was a fourteen to nothing win by Dallas Christian in sixty-seven. Mike Wheeler is twenty-eight and nine since nineteen ninety-two in this matchup. Uh, for the past since 2013, Dallas since Dallas okay sorry yeah since 2013 Dallas Christian has won one two three four five six eight times while Fort Worth Christian has won three. Um, if that doesn't show how one sided this matchup is, I don't know what to tell you. And with that logic, I'm gonna pick Dallas Christian. Dallas Christian, I think is you know like we always say, I think this is one of their best teams ever, and um, it, they're showing it week in and week out, and it's always very impressive. And um, for with Christian, it's not they're not down, but they don't. I don't think they can match skill for skill in a lot of areas as Dallas Christian, and I just think that's hard for them to do this game. Um, I I'm really excited for you to watch guys like Tucker Ashford and Luke Dodd and Grant Golly and um. Guys like that, uh, the Bryce Bradley, especially seeing a guy like that, I'm excited for you to go watch those guys and see. I think they have a lot of talented athletes, but as a team, I just I really love this Dallas Christian squad, and I think this is like I said earlier. I think the 29 29 and a half point favorite. I think it could be a lot more uh, score spread. I really do think so. This Dallas Christian team lost last year at Fort Worth Christian, and they're coming to their place this year, and they, you think they're gonna lose? Nah, and I, I just don't think that's going to happen. They remember how it was last year. They don't, they're not going to remember. They're, they are definitely remembered that. And they're going to make a statement to doubt Fort Worth Christian and be like, we are still the kings of this rivalry. And they're going to show it this Friday. Porter, please do. Thank you. All right. That's it. Yeah. No, no it's, um, it's going to be a great game. Um, I, I do think it's going to be more tightly contested than people think. I think Fort Worth Christian, um, is a little PO'd that yet again, everyone's just talking Dallas Christian, Dallas Christian, Dallas Christian, especially again, uh, especially a team that's that's much smaller than Fort Worth Christian. It's going to be a fun time, man. Um, I do, have actually... Fort, Fort Worth Christian does have the keys to your house right now. The, and your car. Do. And mm-hmm. uh, your mortgage, maybe? I think something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, mortgage, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know how... Well, I do know. I got through this entire preview without mentioning that because um, I'm, I will never, ever do that again. That... Mm. um. To be fair, looking back on that, um, did I even say that? That because I remember the famous clip of me is from two years ago going off. Did I did I double down on it last year? Put it in here. Here it is. <laughs> I think a lot of people remember my rant prior to this game last year. And honestly, you can bet your house and your neighbor's house on Dallas Christian again this year. It's certainly worth more money now than it was this time last year. Put everything you own on Dallas Christian in this game and then some. Walker Lot, your thoughts. Uh, yes, you absolutely did. I really do think so now. Okay. Okay. Guys, guys. Okay. Both fan, both fandoms. You ready for this? Okay. Who, what if it is the battle? Like, you know, it's already a rivalry, but what if it's the bass battle of Wes's like keys and like, we put it on a trophy and we need to get it from, uh, we need to get it from, uh, you know, the, the tight end from last year, uh, we need to get it from him. Whoever has it for fourth Christian, please reach out and let us know. But whoever has it, what if we put it on a trophy? And we give it to the opposing winner, and we can make we can make it something. Thoughts? That'd be hilarious. That yeah. would be really cool. That would that would be funny. Yeah. No, it's. I don't know if that's if that's viable now because I'm I'm not putting any no, of my I'm putting, personal I'm, belongings. I, I'm putting speaking into existence. The metaphorically, every guy who wins that rivalry gets Wes's car, gets his house, metaphorically, and his mortgage and his student loans and everything. Mm-hmm. Like he, but they basically own West Tolleson. That's fine. Uh, you can have if you take my if you take my car in my house, you can have my student loans as well. <laughs> that balances out. But yeah, that's um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good matchup. I have never been to a Dallas Christian Fort Worth Christian game, and uh there's nothing I like more. This completely goes against everything I said in the like be a good person segment. There's nothing I love more than hate. I love, <laughs> I love two teams that 
hate each other. It just, it takes me back to playing football. It just, that's probably like the most visceral emotions I've ever felt is playing football against 11 guys that I despise. It is such a fun, fun experience. As you can tell, I'm getting fired up talking about it. That being said, that is actually going to conclude all of our analysis and projections for the upcoming week. The games will be tomorrow. You'll be watching this on Thursday evening or Friday morning, depending on your preference. Walk a lot. As always, I think this is a fantastic slate. Um, I love getting to do this. It is probably the highlight of my week. Your thoughts on the upcoming action and any closing thoughts? No, I'm just, uh, I'm so excited. I'm about to speak uh, a rivalry of Wes's keys into existence, and it's going to happen. And I will make a trophy. We're going to speak this into existence, and we're going to do it. Because I think that would be awesome that... 50 years from now, there's going to be a bowl on top of a trophy full of your keys to house. And, Do you know and- how confused Mike Wheeler is going to be if we give that to Dallas Christian? He's going to be the- like, what is this? But they will get it. You know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> yeah, they, no, the fans true. will get it. But 50 years from now, they're going to be like, who's Wes Tolleson? And like, why does we have his <laughs> keys? And they're going to be like, well, there long ago, there was a podcast run by two guys in high college. And it's going to go like that. And I hope that is real. And I'm, I'm it's going to remember it. And we're going to do this. And so, guys from both schools, I know y'all both watch. Your ADs, coaches, whoever watches, please reach out to us because we're going to start a rivalry of this historic rivalry. We're going to call it, like, the the TXPS Bowl or something. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. And it's going to be the Battle of Wes's Keys. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun time. Um, oh, I Yet again, I can't believe um, <laughs> that we're – number one, I can't believe we're going to do that. I also can't believe we're previewing the sixth week of the season. I, I feel yeah. like we started week one yesterday. But that being said, um, fantastic games we have to cover. Yet again, as always, go follow us on social media. That's at TXPS Media, T-X-P-S-M-E-D-I-A on Instagram, on Twitter. Please, if you're watching the podcast and you enjoy what we do, please like and subscribe. That helps the algorithm, helps other people find us as we are trying to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. But all that being said, as always, I am one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis, and Walker Lott has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one.